0: And welcome to another edition of the China in Africa podcast. I'm Eric Olander. And as always, I'm joined by Kobus Van Staden of Witts University in Johannesburg, South Africa. A very good afternoon to you, Kobus. Good afternoon. And we're going back to Cobus' uh, two-year-old neighborhood in Cape Town, South Africa, where we're joined by Copane, uh, Kopane, who is recent was recently an Aspen Institute fellow in India. And we're thrilled because she was involved in helping to organize an upcoming summit uh, called the GrowthNet Conference, uh, where they're going to talk all about global affairs. And in particular, we're going to take advantage of Pusiletso's, uh presence with us on the show today to talk about... India, China, and Africa. A very good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Good afternoon, Eric and Tobias. Nice to have you guys.
0: Well, we're thrilled to talk about India, China, and Africa, in part because there's a perception, at least among the Indians, that there's some kind of competition going on for, for African share and African market. And there's also this perception, particularly in places like South Africa, in Kenya and Tanzania, which have a very, very well-established Indian population that India has, a, I don't know, it's not a, it's a sphere of influence, I like to think of it. But the Chinese, I, they don't really think of themselves as competing with India, in part because the scale of their investment is just so much larger. And so I guess let's just kind of quickly start before we get into the, the details of this upcoming conference about what some of your impressions were after spending four months in India about the relationship with Africa uh, and, and what it means in the context of China's surging engagement there.
1: Well, I think a lot of people in India are obviously taking notice of China's growing presence in in Africa. And uh, there are are some quarters in India that are kind of wary of it, but then there's some quarters that are encouraging of it. So it depends who you're talking to in India. Um, But in general, there there has been a lot of discussion taking place about China being in Africa and what it means for India's stake in Africa.
0: You know, Cobus, when we think about the, 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 the Indians in Africa, it's never really in the context of, of huge amounts of investment. India promotes itself as being, uh, as being able to offer something that the Chinese cannot offer, and that's democracy. And when you think about the, the packaging of India and the packaging of China, which is more appealing to, to most Africans, in your opinion?
2: Um, you know, I think Africa is so obsessed with... With issues of development, um, and and you know, so obsessed with with the idea of trying to to gain a level of of prosperity, um, and and to kind of to to move people up that that kind of development ladder, that I think to a certain extent, the fact that China has such a clear cut, you know, kind of record of success in, in in that in that quarter that counts for a lot, I think. Um, you know, kind of. I think it's the, the issue is also complicated by the fact that that Africa has had a much longer, and well, not maybe not much longer in terms of time, but in a way, a deeper and more organic relationship with India because there's in so so many. Um, you know, kind of Indian migrants have played such a such a massive role in in African culture, um, and you know, especially all all along the coast of East Africa, you know, kind of the Indian communities are are, are very prominent. Um, so I think that complicates it a little bit. I think I think it 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 adds many layers, you know, kind of that, um, that the China-Africa relationship hasn't developed yet.
0: Pusa, let's, so let's talk a little bit about the time that you were in New Delhi uh, up until last year. And, and part of what you were doing there was, was organizing this upcoming conference in March. It's on March 23rd to the 25th called the Growth Net. And it's really talking about uh, the global economy. Um, and I, I guess my question is, is when, when we look at how Indians view Africa... What is the prevailing perception that, at least that you picked up when during your time there?
1: I think a lot of people in India feel that they have a very close and established uh, history with Africa. And also I feel that some people may think they have uh, developmental uh, lessons to share with Africa. And also many, obviously many Indian businesses see Africa as a new frontier market for themselves. So I think there's that Public uh, public sector perspective, whereby we're sharing, you know, developmental programs with Africa, and then there's a private sector perfe- perception where we we can gain from Africa's growth.
0: You know, but I guess if I was sitting in the point of view of Tanzania or Kenya, um, mm-hmm. you know, and again, where there's a long established Indian community that's there, uh, who were brought over by the British, um, but at the same time, looking back at to see what. This is what Cobus brought up and to see what China has been able to accomplish in the past 30 years of development, particularly when it comes to things like infrastructure. You know, India's infrastructure still lags desperately behind China. India, India's infrastructure is pathetic in many respects. I mean, there's no comparison in the frustrations that many Indians have when they look across the border and they see that China's got, you know, the most sophisticated port systems, you know, bullet trains, uh, you know, freeways and whatnot. And and so I guess if 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 I was looking for development partners, you know, do I trust the Indians or do I trust the Chinese who have clearly proven that they can build massive infrastructure?
1: Well, yeah, you're right about that. I mean, China has developed a niche in, for itself that it offers great uh, infrastructural co- um, programs for Africa. But I think in India, a lot of Indians pride themselves with the ETEC uh, program, which is the India Technical and Economical Cooperation program which focuses on building capacity and assistance in technical expertise. So I think that's a difference whereby, yes, China has done so much for African uh, infrastructure, but what has it done for skills for Africans? So I think um, Yeah, but I guess you could say process. cart
0: and horse here. You know, if you don't have the infrastructure, <laughs> how can you have a tech sector? I mean, if you don't have the bandwidth, if you don't have the network connections and whatnot, how can you actually get started?
1: Yeah. And when you have that infrastructure um, in place, how are people in those communities going to take advantage of those infrastructures when they don't have skills to take advantage of those infrastructures?
2: I think one, you know, where, what it's a big difference, what strikes me is that, been, you know, except for development and technology and so on, India has a, has a separate kind of strong link to Africa, which is a, a cultural one. You know, um, Indian yeah. film has been consumed in Africa for a long time. Um, and, you know, kind of Nigerian film has been influenced by Indian film to a certain extent. So I think, the, the fact that there's a there, there's a pop cultural link as well in a way um, humanizes India and brings and bring brings it closer um, and you know it's I've I've been struck by the fact that that um, there's increasing amounts of Chinese soap operas are being kind of offered to Chinese to African broadcasters you know kind of throughout the continent um, so I, I was actually wondering whether you know kind of China might be feeling that pressure as well um, you know kind of Do you feel that this kind of Uh, creates another way of of seeing India as some kind of real place with real people and and it just solidifies the the idea of what India actually represents.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, um, Kervis. I think it does solidify um, India's image in Africa. As you said, that uh, Bollywood films are very big across Africa. But I remember coming across uh, a piece written by a lecturer at Soas, I forgot his name now, where he said, Bollywood isn't enough to really... Uh, to really increase ties or cultural perspective, perceptions between uh, of India to Africans. And one of the newer initiatives taken by India or public d- diplomacy initiative is the uh, India-Africa, a shared youth forum, uh, shared future forum. I'm not sure if many people know about it, but it's an initiative where it functions as a platform to connect young Indians and young Africans to collaborate on a number of issues. So, I think there are many initiatives that they're currently working on to cross the cultural divide and bring a new perspective on India's challenges and India's place in Africa.
0: You know, India is also a member of the, of the BRICS club. That's Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Um, do you see that, although they're a member of this club, that they have a shared, shared interests or are they, are they divergent in terms of, when, of, of, the, of, of their approach to Africa?
1: They may be divergent on their approach to Africa. I mean, I came across many um, Indian scholars and um, Indian public officials who pride themselves that you know we have IBSA, which promotes democracy, and and at the same time you'll have people uh, in the private sectors, particularly smaller Indian businesses, Indian businesses, who complain the fact who complain about the fact that Chinese businesses are are offered more assistance from the government to tap into Africa compared to Indian businesses. So it really depends who you're talking to and whether or not they're in the private sector or in the public sector
2: um one of the very interesting aspects of of indian development is its focus not only on tech but also um a, a very strong focus on education and i i remember reading you know kind of press reports in india saying in the indian press saying that this is one of the one of the areas where they can really contribute to africa is is by popular education and by spreading tech skills skills via via education as you mentioned do you foresee it that that yeah. will actually happen? I mean, is is, is that a realistic thing to, to think that that India is going to be, really be like kind of educating Africa tech-wise, or is that just more kind of public <laughs> diplomacy talk?
1: I think it may happen. I mean, I came across many Africans while I was in, in India who were currently studying at an Indian higher education institution, particularly studying anything to do with technology, and also came across Africans who were studying... Um, agronomics and agriculture in India. So I think it may happen. I'm not really sure, but there's a lot of interest in terms of uh, India's investment in Africa's skills and technical skills
0: when you were planning the growth net at the Aspen Institute India and you know, and you're looking at the different subjects that you can cover and you, it really is a global discussion. I mean, it's really quite remarkable the breadth of what they're doing and uh, and I'm a little skeptical that you can address everything that they want to address in the time that they've allotted. Nonetheless, um, you know when 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 asia africa came up onto the agenda was it a difficult thing to put on there did was there an awareness that asia africa relations uh, particularly india china relations with africa was important or was it is it difficult to kind of nudge it into the you know into the agenda with all the other issues that they're that they're addressing
1: i think when you look at the mission of the the growth network it's to kind of address and to boost uh, closer collaboration between growing, growing regions of the world, that's Latin America and Africa and of course Asia. So at the center of it all is to, to discuss and to make these growing regions, whether or not it's Asia, India or China or in Africa, um, it, it's just to make those countries at the forefront and center of discussion.
0: Kobus, let me put out my my two cents here, which I think may be controversial. And and this is going to be potentially uh, something that that may upset a big part of our audience because Kobus, our second largest group of Facebook fans for the China Africa Project, is actually South Asia, is Pakistan and India. So um, there's a lot of interest. It's really impressive. North Africa is our first region. South Asia is our second region. So what I'm about to say is likely to piss off a lot of people. Um, but um, I look at India as not a major player in Africa, despite the rhetoric that comes out of New Delhi and how they want, they see themselves as direct competitors. Um, I think that they are a, an important country. I think that they are playing an active role in India, in China, Africa, but they are one of many countries. They are not a defining power in this sense. Um, the scale of their investment, the scale of their engagement just simply cannot match what either the EU is doing, or China is doing, or even the US. Um, and, and they just don't have the resources to compete. And as a result of not having those resources, they're not able to have a, a continental impact the same way that these other powers are having. And as a result, they have, you know, a, a heavy impact in their traditional uh, population zones of East Africa and South Africa. But beyond that, the influence, I think, is, is quite minimal. Kobus, tell me if I'm wrong on that.
2: Well, you know, I, I think you can also flip that around, and and you can say that a lot of the established powers in Africa, particularly the U.S. and and maybe not particularly the U.S., but actually particularly the EU, you know, to a certain extent, their influence. I mean, whilst large, is slipping. Um, you know, China is is particularly influential, but then you know, kind of after China, there's a whole layer of rising powers in Africa, which is which is, in you know, kind of in increasing the complexity of Africa's relationships with the rest of the world. So you're talking about Turkey, you're talking about South Korea, about Malaysia, um, Brazil, you know, kind of very prominently. And India is, I think, a a large player within that layer. You know, kind of, and, and those, you know, kind of those countries are not only... You know kind of uh, you, you they they're developing Africa on, on lots of different f- fronts at the same time um, and you know kind of in in 10 or 20 years we will see which ones you know kind of are rising to become dominant powers in you know kind of in the sub region so I think that's that's kind of nothing to sneeze at in a way you know kind of it's 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 a very valuable position to be in um, it, it, it might not be the, the very glamorous one that the Indian government is is, is projecting but I think it's it still is valuable
0: fair enough and I think you bring up another good point here which is that the definition of power Power may be, diff- may be changing as well. So is the presence of Tata vehicles all over Africa, which is happening. Um, that's an extension of power. So power may not be reflected in political power or diplomatic powers the Chinese have, or even pure raw economic power, but it might be corporate power, or as uh, as we heard, training and technology. Um, so what's your what's your take on on, on, on my theory there?
1: Yeah, you're right. And I, I wanted to ask if you're aware of a book that was edited by Elizabeth Mosley and Gerard McCann's called India in Africa, Changes, Changing Geographies of Power, that said that there are multiple layers of power. And um, India is, is partaking in those layers, whether it's not in education or corporate power, but you might not see it because we're focusing on diplomatic power, or economical power.
0: Yeah, and that may be, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot on the show is how the language of, of power in Africa is old and is really antiquated. So we talk about neocolonialism, imperialism. Those words don't work in the modern context, particularly as it relates to defining China in Africa. Um, and so what's interesting is I think what you're talking about here is that maybe a whole other set of language should also be used for these bricks, which is, you know, how is power defined when it's corporate and when maybe it's not totally hegemonic across all of Africa, but it is concentrated in certain sectors and certain industries and certain regions. So I thought that those are very good points. Um, Let's talk very quickly before we go about the growth net, uh, the the conference... how can you know tell us why it's important you know we're going to give you a free plug on this one i made fun of uh, and i'm not going to make fun of it the same way i did of the africa you know infrastructure forum that was in brazzaville a couple of weeks ago but uh just yes. g- give us a, a little bit of a, a, a an overview of what this is and uh and why why it's important
1: okay well the growth is basically one of a newer forum whereby we have players from from Asia and from Latin America and from Africa coming together and discussing issues that are more permanent to them such as education such as agriculture and also how to increase trade linkages between these regions of the world and also discussing the challenges and opportunities that exist within each region and also across regions and what uh, and how to take advantage of the opportunities that present present presents themselves.
0: It's like a little mini uh, Bandung province. Uh, Bandung... Uh, kind of. Things, you I know. was
1: actually thinking about that when I was reading, uh, <laughs> when I was... It's kind of, it, it reminded me a lot about Bandung, actually.
0: Well, I think it's interesting, too, how more and more Asia and Africa and developing markets are, are working outside of the, the traditional donor countries. And I think that's, that's actually very exciting. Uh, the growth net is uh, it's scheduled for the 23rd to the 25th of March in New Delhi. Yes. Um, it it's looks New like Delhi. it's a pretty high and mighty kind of event. So uh, if you're in New Delhi, I don't think you're going to be able to get in. But, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming that there's going to be some kind of web presence and, you know, that they're going to be able to yes, uh, be
1: there will be videos of of the of the conference online on the website, the dot com. So you can watch any any of the, of the speeches and also any of the roundtable discussions that take place um, uh, during the, the growth net conference.
0: Excellent. Uh, so, Pusuletsu Kobani, you got in touch with us through Facebook, and we're very, very grateful that you did. Uh, and we invite everybody else that if you've got a cool project like the GrowthNet or if you've got a great story like Pusuletsu has from her time as a fellow in India for the Aspen Institute India, uh, let us know. Best way to get a hold of us is through our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Project. Kobus and I are updating that page seven days a week uh almost 18 hours a day yes it's become something of an obsession for us i, I have to kind of say that uh Kobus, uh if people want to follow what you're reading and writing what's the best way for them to stay in touch with
2: you um i'm on twitter at Stadnesk, that's s-t-a-d-e-n-e-s-q-u-e and puseletso if people want to follow what you're doing these days
0: is there anywhere online that they can stay in touch with what you're reading and thinking
1: Well, besides commenting on your Facebook pages, I'm also on Tumblr. You can find me on bsummer.tumblr.com and I used to have a Tumblr which was more focused on ongoings in Southern Africa called peopleofthesouth.com but I will
0: be reinventing that soon. Nice. Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at E.O.Lander, E-O-L-A-N-D-E-R. And of course, with Cobus, we're on Facebook. And if you want to subscribe to this podcast, the best way to do it is just find us in the iTunes store. Just search for China Africa Project. But you can also find us on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on the BlackBerry Network in South Africa. We're on the Amazon Kindle now too, so we're everywhere. Um, but we'd love to to have you join our community uh, and, uh, and, and let us know. And again, if you've got something interesting to say, Hey, drop us a note and you can be like Putsu and be the star for our show for a good 20 minutes. So Putsu thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, Kobus and Eric, for inviting me on the show. I really appreciate it and keep up the good work.
0: Thank you. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the China in Africa podcast. Thank you so much for listening.